going to take a mission-equipped group of teenagers uh, to do this. And, you know, when I get to present this to many pastors in places all over, you know, the state of New York, uh, I get some opposition, and it's my own cynicism that I see too. Really? Teenagers? Reaching teenagers? I mean, can't we just send Luis Palau or Billy Graham? Can't we do something different? I mean, wait, so you're saying students reaching students? Students reaching students. We all need to be missional, and this is just empowering our kids to do something that really is, they're going to grow up out of this, and they're going to be missional the rest of their life. So this is just part of the discipleship process. And you think, well, we've got youth pastors, we've got churches, isn't this happening? Listen, sometimes you need somebody who comes along and, and opens up some avenues, and God's going to use that to, to make it the norm. And I believe that we have great, healthy youth ministry environments where kids are reaching kids. I believe that. This is just going to empower it to the schools. And so I want you to, to uh, pray for us. We want you to pick up our newsletter, uh, go to the table, and I'll have you sign up for our newsletter, a monthly thing. We'll send it to you by email. Um, you know, Youth Live has been around for 20 years. We're bringing it to New York State. Three areas, love a school, helping a church build a relationship with their local school, shape a generation, helping students network in their schools and youth leaders network for schools and making uh, after-school uh, presence in their school. And last, reach a community, helping school assemblies so we can reach these students. 95% of our community passes through the portal of the public school. Why don't we uh, make it a, a mission field uh, that we pray toward and put our arms around? Uh, thanks for helping with that. And uh, I'm just grateful to bring the word tonight. And uh, we're going to go to some scripture. We're going to read that now. So you take out your Bibles. You know the stories about Mike Becker, you know. Um, that many people have expectations for me to bring here. Um, well, first of all, um, I don't, I don't, he's the storyteller when it comes to that more so. I'm more of like the comedy writer and he's the comedian. So all his good material is actually right here. Um, if he, if he flounders a bit, you know, he's starting to step out in his own material. You can just help him by sending him back to his writer. Um, but we, he is a guy, you know, he really, there's a discipleship that's a two-way street. I mean, we're, we're close friends, and, and we really grew together. And I believe in the, the community that we had is the same kind of community with the church that needs to happen in, with students and schools and building community and working through life together. And that's what our years have been about. And glad to uh, glad to know he's been great for you over here because he was great for me. So... Sorry, sorry, I know I, I, I put a nice little bow on our time together. It's not crazy stories, but Michael bring those out. So anyway, get your Bibles out. I'm going to go ahead to talk a little bit about uh, this topic that I'm hoping that when we talk about this tonight, that uh, it changes your perspective on something you've heard over and over again about your heart. And we're going to get into it here. Um, I'm somebody who thinks that having more is better. I don't know about you. Um, like, here's an embarrassing thing that's gone through my life, and I really shouldn't say it in a church. Oh, boy, everyone's attention now. When it was communion time, I'd come up and look at all the crackers in that dish, and I would take the biggest cracker over and over again every time. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> More is better. 
And uh, when we talk about our faith sometimes, especially uh, in Pentecostal circles, if you've been around that, and you may not have faith tonight, you know, but just so you know that you know, we're in American culture, I think that plays a lot into our faith. And we say, more Lord, more of this, we need more of this, this is what I'm lacking, so more of this. And so tonight we're going to look at this and say, well, sometimes we need to more, offer more, and God's asking, how about more of you? And so we're going to look at this here in Scripture. Um, if you have a sibling today, you probably uh, tortured them a whole lot. I did. I had a younger sibling. She's nine years younger than me. Here I am, a teenager, and I'm torturing a three-year-old. And uh, more is better. So I was just going at it. One day, this is a little edgy, made me feel like I could get put away. Uh, maybe you've had that experience in your life. Well, she she went to the knife drawer and went to her room as a like a five year old, uh, and she's like, you know, get away from me, big brother, you know. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this has gone too far. <laughs> I wrote a little note, put it under her. Uh, I said, I'm just, you know, just just the kind of torment where it's just like, you know, silly jokes over and over. And so she saw like she probably grabbed a butter knife. I mean, it wasn't that serious. But she went into her room, and I'm like, I'm to- I went. I can't believe I did that. My heart broke. You know. And I'm like, get you know, get over that. Whatever that is. So I wrote a little note and said, I'm so sorry. And she came out, and we all made up, and life's been great ever since. But what I'm trying to get at is this: is that sometimes we find out too that uh, our hearts are pretty dark and deep and depraved in this whole culture of asking for more and looking for more and, and, and wanting more. And, and so how do we kind of get out of that system where we, we think we need to uh, go, go a little bit too far? Um, hopefully my story um, doesn't make you worried about me um, too much, but we'll, we'll move past it, so that's fine. I'm probably not as bad as Mike, so it's all right. Pastor Mike. Anyway, um, Another thing that you hear from the world is follow your hearts. And so if our, if our hearts are really wicked and, does, and, and terrible, and uh, which the scripture says, and essentially um, even the good things we try to do are filthy rags to God, following our hearts is a problem as well. So we need to get into a mindset as Christians that uh, we need to... Uh, see things like God sees them. So we're going to get to scripture here to do that. Um, and, and, you know, you look around and I believe the world is full of people who are trying to make the best of a broken heart, trying to do the best they can with a heart that's really broken. And we can be in that too. So our, our topic tonight, our sermon tonight, if you could jump into that for us uh, with the slide, is uh, making a heart shape. And that shape is a verb. How do we shape our hearts. I believe that God gives us a new heart when we come to Christ. And he wants to give us a stony, unresponsive heart, as it says in Ezekiel, and give us a heart that beats for him. And that's true. But we still have our old nature. How do we shape our heart? How do we move in that direction? I believe in Luke chapter 12, Jesus is talking about that. So let's go there right now. Let's go to Luke 12. I'll give you a minute to get there. Uh, might just read it right off the screen for us. We'll go to uh, verse 4. And let's pray first. Father God, um, speak through your word and help us not to get in the way of that. Help us to hear, listen, and follow through with what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Luke 12, verse 4.
And we'll be, we'll be uh, reading sections and talking on them and going back. Dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do any more to you after that. But I tell you whom to fear. Fear God, who has the power to kill you, and then throw you into hell. Jesus is talking to his disciples. That's a pretty, pretty bold statement. I don't know what I would be feeling if I was hearing that. Here's God telling me, hey, fear the one who can throw you into hell. Very strong language there. Well, there are times when we seem to fear things that really don't matter. And we need this wake-up call. Because we fear not paying our bills on time. We fear relationships going south. Uh, we get afraid of people and what they can do to us. But bottom line is God's saying, get those fears out of the way. Fear was designed to be meant towards your maker. A holy fear, as we, we call it. Uh, fearing a reverence toward who God is to you, how you relate to God. He's your maker. So getting that right, fearing God, is really a way to shape your heart. How do we shape our heart? First thing I want to say is we need to start with a right reverence for who God is. Let's put ourselves in perspective, and let's move on. It says here in, uh, we'll go to verse 6. What is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. You know, there are times when we forget where we get our significance. And in fact, we hold back our gifts because we see that they may be insignificant as well. So we don't have significance from God, and then it affects how we give. It affects how we live our life. We think we get our significance from the things we give. Well, really, we get it from God, and so we should be open about the things we give. And we could also go another extreme, and that's saying that we are better because we give more. Getting that perspective right, that our value is 100% fully on who's God seeing us as. And God reminds us that as far as our value is concerned, all rises and falls on him and what he says. And then he says to his disciples, we jump down to verse 15. Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. We can build up significance in some of the most futile, worthless things, right? Look around and you see that people are putting their hearts and souls into making their income and their money and, and, uh, or whatever pursuits that they're after. Insignificant, absolutely worthless. When it comes down to it, we can be really good at investing. I want you to look at your neighbor today, look at your, think about yourself today. We are the best investors out there. You really are good at investing. I'm really good at investing, no matter what my financial planner tells me. I invest in the things I care about. You, you 100% of us, 100% of us do. So talking about how we invest and where it goes and putting it in the right direction. Next, let's jump down to verse 22. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food or enough clothes, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. 
Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries and, and a, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if your worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? He says, look at the lilies and how they grow. Don't work. They don't work or make their clothing. Yes, Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? What's it saying? Essentially, we don't need to worry. We need to believe he'll meet our needs. Believe he's going to do it. You know, part of the Christian life is believing in the truth about who God is and not believing in the things about what he's not. That's discipleship. That's our growth pattern. That's how to grow. That's how the gospel grows you. You see, uh, we know the truth or we find the truth that Jesus died in our place, paid the price for us, went to the cross for something he didn't do, lived a perfect life in our place so that we could essentially have a substitute that lived perfectly for God and then died in our place so that we had someone paying the price for our own wrong. We have Jesus. Now we go and move forward in life, but we still need that message. We still need that message that God's essentially... uh, paying the price for us, and that we can believe that he's going to be good just as he was when we got saved. He's good all the way through our life. We need to believe that he'll meet our needs. Um, Jesus knows we're apt to get hung up on getting what we need to survive, and, and he reminds us again, as before, that we don't need to fear that. What life requires, God supplies. He gave us Jesus. Let's jump into the piece here that I want to see differently every time I read it. When I found this out about what it means, it it changed my perspective in how I live my life. Let's look at this. Verse 32. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. And here's where he ends. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. This is where things can, can, throw, can throw me completely because I've read this a million times and I feel like it was saying that my heart tends to go towards things and that's when I put my treasure there because my heart goes there and then I put my treasure there or somehow they go together. Um, essentially my treasure follows my heart. I'll say that again. So my treasure follows my heart. It's like, Oh, I have a really big heart for my little pony. Anybody else? I'm sorry. I throw that one out there. It's like, what? Is that what he's talking about? I'm gonna put my my treasure in there. Why would he bring that up? That was for Mike, and and I thought he'd laugh, and then just Poo. okay. It, uh, he likes My Little Pony. That's why. Anyway, whatever it is, I thought that my heart my heart goes in that direction, so I put my money there. Do you follow what I'm saying here? But here's the deal. Look at this thing. Wherever your treasure is, there your desires will follow. 
And I thought, I might be the, I might be the slowest guy in the room here, but that changed my world. I don't know if you're seeing it, but God's saying that if we want to be about his heavenly goals, we need to invest our energy in that direction and our heart will follow. Listen, if you woke up and you ate your Cheerios today and you didn't care a lick about Spain or Thailand or India or Mozambique or Italy, which most people do like Italy, it's the other ones. Well, anyway, I'm Italian, so that's just me. Uh, if you didn't care about that, it wasn't necessarily, this is saying it's not necessarily because you were born with a special heart for that country or whatever. It's saying that when you start investing in a direction, your heart will follow. Listen, when you hear about the truth of what's the need in this world and you say, I want to give to that, guess what happens? Your heart follows. You start watching that thing because your investment goes there. Listen, my favorite show right now, Shark Tank. And that's about the only show I watch. I don't know if you, if you like it as much as I do. If you don't know anything about it, you got this panel of investors. They're standing there. you got the real tough one in the middle. His name's Mr. Wonderful. They call him that. And you got a couple other investors. Have you seen this show? And, and so people are coming down the aisle, and they're bringing in their uh, business plan and their ideas, and, and they want to see this thing take off. And so they're looking for an investment from this panel, and each one gets their piece of of the pie if they want to, or they can just go at it alone. And, you know, they're judging essentially these investors, whether they're going to get their money back. So it's really, it's not so much about their heart. Even they just want their money back and they want to see that grow. So they're wisely investing because that's why they have millions of dollars because they were doing that before they got to the show, deciding what's going to make them rich, right? Well, there, there are some times you'll, if you watch the show where certain ones are realizing, you know, my Little Pony's really not in my portfolio, so I'm going to hold off on that one. It doesn't really help my business. You know, here's what I want you to ask yourself. What does God want in your portfolio? And invest in that direction. Hey, if God wants you to be part of something that's reaching your community in your workplace... Invest in that direction. You know, your heart may not be beating for that right now. It might be the, you might feel absolutely negative about that, but what happens when you start praying in that direction? What happens when you start putting your time, your focus, your energy, your talent, your treasure, your, 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 the stuff you have, your resources, and you start having lunch with somebody? You start making those times cut out, carved out in your schedule. What happens when you do that? Your heart goes in that direction. God wants us to direct our hearts. He wants us to allow him to have our whole heart, doesn't he? He wants our heart. And listen, if you're here today, and, and, and this doesn't really connect, maybe you don't even follow Jesus, or maybe you just don't see this, it's okay. We're glad you're here, or maybe you just, I'm not saying that you're not catching something. It's it's just, um, it's just something we all have to come to a grips with in the Christian life that we have a sinful heart. And God wants to give us a new heart that hears, listens to him and, and follows him. And then we also have to grow in that direction. And God wants us to invest in that direction. God meant for us to live without any fear. 
but our sins separated from him. And, you, and, and, and God wants a relationship with, with him that restores everything, puts it all back together. And our sin can't be removed by what we do. All these things that people do, giving. I think of Bill Gates and how much money he amassed in life. And boy, if he didn't set up, I mean, I'm so grateful for things that he set up in this world with his resources. But that didn't buy him anything. That didn't get him anything. And uh, the richest man in the world, uh, he may have received some good graces from people just for being the richest man in the world and not doing anything with his money. I'm glad he did something with his money, but there's even something selfish that we can do with money. It could be about us. But instead, God's saying, the reason you have those resources is to grow my heart for you and to grow my heart I'm sorry, for me, grow, grow your heart for me and grow your heart for the world around you. Paying the price for sin, Jesus went to the cross for us, so now he's asking us to get that message out to everybody. And, and today, I don't want you to leave here without seeing it, that God wants you to invest in his direction. Let him shape your heart. Step out in ways that maybe you haven't before. When God has our hearts, he's got our hearts. That's the goal. When he has our hearts bit by bit, he's has, he has our hearts more and more. That's what he's looking for. And, and we'll tend to go in the direction when he has more of our heart. So when you begin to invest in that direction, you're making a heart shaped for him. You're putting yourself more in his direction. And, 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 and investing in that direction grows our heart for him, and it's the only way we can lead our lives to be more like Jesus. Tonight, I want you to take an inventory of your heart. You know, God reveals our heart to us. Um, but I want you to think about what is in my portfolio and where is God asking me to open up and add something for him.